Well, today, the back of my neck is feeling ever so slightly sunburnt. But it was as a result of a marvellous, glorious village day yesterday. It was wonderful, not only because of the weather, but because of the opportunity to share God's love with many, many people. So thanks to all those that helped prepare and hand out the thousand drinks of lemonade. And also to those that had written and coloured in the bags and stuffed them and handed them out saying, God loves you. The love that the Father has for the Son, He has for each person. Each person that visited Village Day yesterday, each person in the world. We heard in the reading there You are my Son. Whom I love. He longs for each of us to be his children. He longs for each of us to be adopted into his family. We heard last Sunday in our reading from John 3 that God loved the world so much that he sent his only son. And we heard it too in saying to each other God loves you. But maybe you were not here when Simon was preaching. You might have missed that bit. You can hear it again. It'll be on CD or you'll be able to catch it on the internet. Maybe you didn't hear that message. Or maybe you did hear that message. But you didn't think it was for you. You are loved. God cares deeply about you. God the Father who created the stars and the planets and every element of life cares about what happens in your life. God sent Jesus because he loves you. And he brought forth John the Baptist to prepare the way, to make the world ready to receive something of that love. John's entire presence is humble. He is not a preacher asking for the first century equivalent of a fourth business jet. You, know, you might have seen that on the news about a preacher in the States. In the, in the article on the BBC News website, it said it's not uncommon for preachers to have a private jet. I don't have one. 
just in case you've got, think I've got it hidden round the back in the garden at Rycroft. Now, John wasn't after a huge chariot or whatever that first century equivalent might be. He wasn't after praise or glory. Quite the opposite. All he wanted to do was to point the way ahead. To preach about repentance. And point to the one that was coming. Honey and locusts suggest he is eating whatever he may lay his hand on naturally occurring in the wilderness. His camel hair coat shows that he was a dedicated follower of fashion. No. But that he was dressing like an Old Testament prophet. Wearing rough, practical clothes. Stuff that would see him do his job. Humility extends further as he speaks of being unworthy to untie Jesus' shoelaces or to tie them. He considers himself beneath the position of a slave that is not even Jewish. The sort of person that would normally do that act. Not somebody from his community. He's beneath the foreigner. This humility doesn't, however, hinder the message from being heard. And people come from village and city, town and country, to hear the message and receive a baptism of repentance. Maybe it is because he is true to his words that his words are actually effective. His lifestyle reveals that he is not a hypocrite. I wonder if that is true also of us. Do we say one thing and live another? Do our lifestyle choices demonstrate that we have confidence in the claim to believe that we are Christians? Or is our life just completely separate from that bit of faith we have on a Sunday morning? Do we maybe even pray each day and then forget that for the rest of the day? Are we truly people of love? And does it flow out from us in the way that we were trying to demonstrate yesterday as we handed out bags that says God loves you. Sometimes in society, people do not use loving words. And this is commonly reported on the news concerning how some people use social media. How they might bully and attack others with things that you would not normally expect somebody to say face to face. They might hide behind the fact that they are distant. However, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all the other channels that I'm far too old to be able to use are 
wonderful means of spreading love. Of spreading the message that God has love for the world. We in this church have not maybe really developed this as much as we could. If you are on social media, if you're a Twittery person on Facebook, and you are using it today, make sure that you use it to spread a message of love, of hope, of who we might be. Might be a general message to everybody. Maybe it's just a simple post. Maybe to a friend. Perhaps to someone you don't really know that you see is going through a difficult day or is already receiving abuse. But do the virtual equivalent of yesterday's actions of handing out those bags. Saying God loves you. Maybe you are not online and the past minute of me speaking has meant nothing to you. There are more people that are not online still than are. But that doesn't mean that people don't use words that knock folk down and tear them apart. Sometimes when something has gone wrong, it's not worked out the way it should. An accident has occurred or something. We might use the wrong words in our response. As a child grows up, it is right that correction is made. That people learn right from wrong. And I've told what the difference is. But to say to a girl or a boy that they are bad, rather than the action is bad, that they've been wicked, that they are stupid, that they're an idiot or useless or countless other words, is quite different you know, from saying that they've done the wrong thing. Over the years, the message that they are the one that's bad rather than the action is bad sinks in. And they begin to believe that that is the thing. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. When in fact, they are someone that is made in God's image. They are beautiful in the sight of God. They are wonderful to the Lord. There are times here in this church that I think there is a lack of confidence among some very capable people. And it's not that they are simply being humble when they claim that they're not able to do something or that they don't want to do something. But I think it's a fear of the reaction that sometimes comes. Of the way that they might be judged by others. A fear of what might be said or how some might respond. When people step forward to serve, we need to be a place of encouragement, of love, and of joy. And we see in the baptism of Jesus an episode of such encouragement. 
There is a humility in Jesus stepping forward for his baptism. It's a humility that isn't fully explored in Mark's gospel. But we have been blessed here in the vision of the dove alighting and symbolically anointing Jesus with the Holy Spirit. You know, there's the... There's the heavens being like torn open, a violent peace, and then a gentleness of the dove. And the words in verse 11, a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. And it's unclear here whether it was heard by anyone other than Jesus. It's certainly a message directed to Jesus. And it gives him a reassurance that what he is doing is right. It's a word that will stay with him. It will give him encouragement. He knows who the Father is. And this will help him as he goes out into the wilderness as he goes out to live his life to be encouraged and face those temptations that he is able to resist when have people said reassuring or encouraging words to you and when have you said them to others Think about it. How does it make you feel when they say those words? And how do they feel when you speak encouragement to them? I remember the day 15 years ago when Emmeline and I got married. I did not have any fears or hesitation on that day in that church service. But yet, I remember well at the moment, my beautiful bride came into the church. My dad, who was stood two away from me, turned to me and said, you're doing the right thing, you know. I wasn't quite sure what he was meaning at that. I didn't have any doubts that I was doing the right thing. Yet he gave me encouragement. Do we give people encouragement at the times that people are doing well? As well as the times when people are struggling. Give encouragement. Give hope. Move people forward. If we expect people to do the right thing, to live a life of faith, if we hope they will grow and resist the temptations that they will find in the wilderness that exists outside this building, then we must give them the confidence as they are growing. And that includes the confidence to try things in the safety of the church's loving family without them being torn apart if something goes wrong. 
this is to be a place of love and forgiveness. And if we are people of the faith, then we will love and we will forgive. If we in the church undermine others with spoken words, or maybe words that are unspoken, but just hinted strongly at, then is it any wonder people don't step forward when there are jobs to do? As the saying goes, once bitten, twice shy. Encourage people and share love. Just as the Lord does to his son, Jesus Later in Jesus' ministry in Mark chapter 9 at the Transfiguration, a very similar phrase from heaven is heard. This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. And there the message is like what would happen in the local public square. Maybe in the marketplace. Where a father says that the son has the authority to transact business on his father's behalf to the other men on the town. In that case, as well as opening the disciples' mind a little and making them think about who this person that they've just spent three years with actually is, there's further reassurance to Jesus that he is on the right path. The time for encouraging us to encourage others in the faith is right through the journey. Not only at the beginning, but at every step of the way. Not only when someone is young and the age that might attend holiday club, but also those who are older. Those that are at the age of doing exams or leaving school. Those that are looking for a job at the start of that working life. Those who are going through work. Those who are at retirement. Those in their third age. Each need to know they are loved. Each need to know that we are behind them. And that God has hope for them. That whatever they are experiencing, whatever challenge they face, God loves them. And wants them to move forward in their life. If you are a parent, however old your child is now, perhaps your daughter or a son is a toddler... Or maybe they're over 50. You know, there might be some in either category there. Let them know today that they are someone who is loved by you and by God. It might be that you don't have children, maybe you're too young. Maybe you chose not to. Maybe you are heartbroken that things didn't work out that way in your life. Maybe you've lost your child. If you are one of those people, 
you are loved, but think of someone else in your family that needs to hear the message that they too are loved. Maybe you are my son or you are my daughter is something that you already say many times a day to the folk in your family. Maybe it's something you've not said for a long time. Maybe it's something you've never said. But let this be a glorious day. Have confidence to say and speak with all your heart. Give the message of reassurance of the love of God. Reveal how you have a hope in forgiveness and in life. Speak of love. Hand out that virtual bag in whatever way you can that says you are loved. God loves you. Do it in a confident way. Because you know God loves you as well. Amen.